You're listening to the University of Victoria Student Society's All Candidates Forum, live on CFUV 101.9 FM, presented by UVic's only campus life radio program, You in the Ring. This event is taking place on traditional Coast Salish territory of the Songhees and Wasanich people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Meet Your Candidates Forum for uh, Board of Governor, Senate, and the referenda questions. My name is Cormac O'Brien. I'm the co-editor-in-chief of The Marlet. My name is Maureen Chow. I'm the producer of CFUV's You in the Ring. And we'd like to start with a territorial acknowledgement. The Martlet, CFUV, and the UVSS would like to acknowledge with respect that the University of Victoria stands on the land of the Lekwungen and Wasanich people. We'd like to thank the elders and chiefs of these territories for continuously allowing us to reside here, although many of us were not invited to do so. We are all here today on behalf of students. As the media, CFUV and the Martlet have the unique privilege of allowing students' stories and voices to be heard. The Senate and Board of Governors have a similar role, too, in advocating for those same students. With that comes a responsibility to understand that all of these institutions, the Martlet, CFUV, Senate, and Board of Governors, were founded in colonial contexts and still continue in those contexts. Let today be a day for beginning to break the barriers of colonialism down as we engage in discussion and debate with one another about how to best serve the diverse groups of students on these lands. Thank you. So we'll start just by going over the structure for today. There are three kind of unique sets of structures, one for the Board of Governors candidates, one for Senate candidates, and then one for the referenda proponents. Uh, for Board of Governors, you will have, uh, if you're a candidate, you will have three minutes for an opening statement. We'll then be asking personalized individual questions. You have one minute to answer those. We'll then open it up to the rest of the candidates for one 30-second response. If uh, we have a follow-up question from the moderators, we'll also be allotting you 30 seconds to respond to that too. If you are with the Senate, you get a two-minute opening statement. Uh, we're going to give four questions to the general group. Anybody can answer for, again, one minute. And then once that's been answered, we'll open it up again to the floor, 30 seconds to respond. Uh, and then finally, the referenda proponents, three minutes for an opening statement per referenda question, uh, one minute and 30 seconds to answer each of our questions with 30 seconds if there's a follow-up question. Uh, for those on stage, we have two sets of cards here. One is orange, one is red. Orange means you have 15 seconds left, so just start wrapping it up. Red means you've hit the end of your time. Please finish your sentence. Uh, if you don't, we're just going to, I guess, start yelling and go from there. Uh, rules for audience, we are going to open it up for audience questions at some point. Uh, please try and keep your question to under 15 seconds. Again, we'll be timing and, and we'll be letting you know when that time is up. Uh, you won't have a chance to respond as the audience question, but we encourage you to follow up with candidates after the debate if you have further questions. Uh, and just be nice, please, is what we have written down here. So we'd like to start with inviting all the Board of Governors candidates up to the stage. Yeah, feel free to clap at any given point. So we're going to start with opening statements here. Again, to reiterate, you have three minutes for your opening statement. Keep an eye out for the cards when we raise them. Uh, we'll start uh, right to left, if that's OK. So please introduce yourself and give your three-minute opening statement. Hello, everyone. I'm really trying to set it real close Hello, everyone. I'm Brent Cantarudi. I'm running for graduate student representative on the Board of Governors. Uh, currently completing my third degree at UVic, so this is my second master's degree in public administration. Previously did Canadian history, large research interests around labor history and Canadian governance broadly, the evolution of the Canadian state, and a long time ago when I ran for Senate the last time I was doing a poly and history BA. Uh, 
had the opportunity to work in government in between, including for the Minister of Advanced Education, which has given me a really interesting perspective on how government actually views the post-secondary sector. That time, I was able to give feedback around student accessibility, so some of those comments were related to open source publishing, textbook costs, uh, how to leverage internationalization supports at that time. Essentially, we're not working with other stakeholders, BC Transit, uh, people like that, to make international students really have a good experience here. In terms of at the university, I've served on a variety of committees, including the Vice President Research Hiring Committee the last time around. Uh, I've hi other hiring committees, dean searches, food service committees. I think over my time, the reason that I'm drawn to running for the board, a lot of it has to do with the board's made up of people who are appointed in most part, and they don't necessarily understand the student experience. Ancillary services really affect us as graduate students in particular. We're both employees of the university trying to advance that mission, but we're also relying on the university to support us and to help us develop in that way. So when we get into issues of uh, ancillary cutbacks, maybe administrative overload, administrative pushback, um, possibly to those um, people being overworked or under-resourced, and then that affects our student experience, it affects how we can progress in timelines, which of course uh, changes our cost-benefit ratios, issues like that. I think over time, having seen two presidential administrations, I'm slightly concerned, uh, say with food services, what I see is a slow push towards neo-privatization, the onboarding of some people who used to work for Compass and the letting go of managers who are particularly involved in the student community several years ago, running committees really trying to get retail and residence food services up to snuff for us. Uh, also see housing is a big issue. We own the Queenswood properties, got those around seven years ago, no movement in that regard. So I think I have the viewpoint that really gels together how the university operates on a structural framework, and I think that advocacy I can bring will be really beneficial. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Andrea Meller, and I'm also going to be running for the position of being a graduate uh, graduate studies representative on the Board of Governors. Um, one of the things I would like to say is I would just like to thank our moderators for their territory acknowledgement. It was really nice to hear one that was a little bit more involved and uh, really recognized some of the some of the stronger issues that we're all going to be dealing with. Um, Okay, so I'm a PhD student in the Social Dimensions of Health program, and I bring a multidisciplinary background in the sciences and now the social sciences. I began my academic career as a geologist and refined this to hydrogeologist, and now the work that I'm engaged with explores how we can bridge scientific ways of knowing with indigenous science. Key to this is understanding that the politics of knowledge and that there are many ways of coming to know. This understanding that we do not come from homogenous backgrounds, that we have diverse needs, diverse values, and diverse goals crosses over to the kind of representation that's needed on the Board of Governors. Understanding that the graduate student body represents a diverse group of people and needs different supports and different levels of safety is really crucial to bring to the table here. So I've been working for the last 10 years as a hydrogeologist in both public and private sectors. And in this time, I've really recognized that our experience in the university, which is surprisingly short, really sets us up for what is happening in the rest of our lives. The job market is really seriously competitive, and so we need to have as much support in these years at the university to help propel us forward. This might include making it easier to access scholarships or financial support, making it easier to just get to the university, to live here, to study here, or really just to facilitate an environment where students feel safe to learn, where we can challenge ways of seeing, and where we can envision futures for our communities. So having returned to the university with an understanding of its reach beyond the classroom, I know how important it is to speak up and be heard. 
So my voice on the Board of Governors is here to represent the voice of the graduate student body. It'll bring forth the issues that the student body know are important to your experience and futures. I have the confidence to call the Board of Governors to task when it's needed because I know how much the decisions that get made are really important and can impact our lives as students for years to come. So why I feel I'm a good candidate is both my experience, my multidisciplinary background, the recognition that I know is there for diversified ways of seeing. I have a commitment to feeling safe, study, recognition and experience to the influence the university has and a recognition that the student's voice matters. And this is why you should vote for me. Okay, thanks. And we'll go to the undergraduate candidates, starting with Cameron. Cool, dude. Uh, does this mic move? Or? Yeah, if you can pick it up. Oh. There you go. Good afternoon, Uvic. Uh My name's Cameron Lackamy. I'm in the Humanities and Fine Arts faculties. And I hope that all you voters here choose to me to represent you on the Board of Governors. As you can tell, I'm pretty fired up to be here right now. And I just want you to know that passion and my determination are my drivers in life. I will use these to defend our rights as UVic students and to fight for a better deal for us. My main policies in this election, when elected to the Board of Governors, will be to cap the unfair annual tuition percentage increases. These systematic increases are hurtful to students in that they make tuition rates unpredictable for the start of the following school year. To also help students massive financial burdens, I will argue fiercely for an extension to the deadline to drop a class without having to pay for it in full. Why should you have to pay for the class if your tuition's not even due yet? Uh, on top of this, to further relieve students of their financial burdens, I will motion for the allocation of more funds towards scholarship, bursaries, and work studies. Not only will this relieve financial stress, but it will also provide good opportunities. Stress is a major part of campus life, and many of us students cannot wait for our sacred reading break. This is why I will advocate for one full reading break per semester that will consist of five business days that excludes holidays. Currently, our reading break includes family day. It's kind of BS. We're going to get the full five days, guys. Lastly, I will challenge the cruelties committed by the university against international students. I'm sure you all know that they pay a lot more than us, but you might not know the exact figures. As things are right now, they pay 300% more tuition fees than us domestic students. A regular domestic tuition, tuition class, a regular tuition cost for a class at UVic, just like a regular humanities or economics or fine arts class, is $547.50. International students are robbed and are forced to pay $1,806.24. On top of this atrocious tuition rate that is forced upon them, they also must pay 58.8% more for co-ops. A lot of us think, why should any of us have to pay for co-ops in general, and they have to pay even more. On February 28th to March 2nd, vote Cameron Lackamy for UVic Board of Governors. Cam's the man with the plan for a more university, more affordable university education. Cam's the candidate that represents and supports you. Cam's the man to get her done. Thank you. say this, but it might be best if you don't mind staying seated uh, just for level's sake. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Pierre Paul. Um, first, oh, is this, is this on? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, so firstly, I'd like to thank uh, the moderators for that territory acknowledgement. Um, but basically, so hello, UVic. I'm Pierre Paul Angel Blazer. Uh, I'm an anthropology student, and I'm your current interim director of outreach and university relations, and I'm running to be your representative on the Board of Governors as well. In my year working in the UVSS, I've gained tremendous insight into the inner workings of the university, and I want to focus that knowledge and experience into a productive term as your representative. I will absolutely fight against any and all ancillary fee increases, such as the raising of parking fees, residence rent, and the athletics fee, among many other creative ways that the university tries to raise revenue in a way that isn't upfront and is only trying to skirt around the 2% tuition cap. The point of having a 2% tuition cap is that students can predict how much their tuition is going to rise per year, but trying to get around that is, in my opinion, rather dishonest. Um, secondly, I believe sometime this week the current Board of Governors will approve the, the creation 
uh, well, the plan for the creation of a new um, set of residence facilities. So this would be at least 600 new beds on campus. And I think that now is the time to really advocate for the creation of a fair and balanced tenancy agreement for resident students that protects, protects their privacy, um, ensures that they have stable rent increases, not uh, random spikes, as well as making residents' life more painless, such as removing the 24-hour evictions after your last exam. Thirdly, I will advocate for the university to prioritize important areas such as mental health over legacy projects and other wasteful expenditures that don't help students as much as upfront services like mental health services. Lastly, the Board, of, the Board of Governors itself is an institution that requires reform. Currently, the majority of the board are people who were appointed by the past BC government and includes liberal donors and failed candidates. Our university's highest institution should not be a resume booster for those with money to spare, which is why I will use this position as well as my UVSS position to advocate for an increase in student and faculty seats on the Board of Governors at the expense of these appointed seats. I promise to always be accessible to students and ready to comment and provide, provide information on any and all goings on at the Board of Governors and ensure that the collective student body is represented. Go to the polls February 28th to March 2nd and vote for a representative that understands the issues and will fight to resolve them. So my first question is for Andrea. You call, Andrea, you call on the fact that there is only one GSS rep on the Board of Governors, a deficiency. How do you plan to address this deficiency? Well, sorry, one minute, just to everyone knows. Cool. Because I think it may be out of our hands to ask for more graduate studies or graduate students or even undergraduate students to be part of the Board of Governors, it's really important that the issues that brought to the table and that their voices are heard. And so all we can do to address this deficiency is to make more space for our student voices. And this is something that my co-nominee here brought up as well, that um, because there is only two student representatives on the board, that perhaps the board is comprised of groups who may not be as in touch with the student experience. So the best way that I will address this is to get in the middle of conversations to make sure that I am part of the part of the GSS, um, the Graduate Student Society's meetings so that I know what their voices are and what they want to say and that um, really just interrupt in getting people's faces. Sorry, uh, we'd like to invite a guest to ask a question really quick. Abby Koning from Divest Uvic. Yeah, perfect. If you wouldn't mind heading to that mic, it should still be on. Uh, this question is for Cameron Lackenby. The University of Victoria is investing approximately $39 million into fossil fuel companies, which not only contribute to climate change, but to climate denialism. Cameron, do you believe that the university should divest from these companies? And if so, how will you work towards achieving this? If not, why? All right, we good? Yeah. Cool. So I forgot my divest UVic pin on my other jacket, so sorry about that. Um, I think it's absolutely disgusting that we invest in oil companies because, like, to take money from them is one thing, but to consciously support the oil industry in the way that we're doing, I think it's, like, not a good thing. So I would think that we should get away from it, and the best way to do that would be to encourage green alternatives like solar panels and try and make money off of that by maybe producing energy and then selling it. Cool. Thanks. Can I rebut? Yeah. Uh, we will allow, sorry, 30 seconds for responses as well. So, uh, Andrea? Um, Cameron, I, I really appreciate what you said, and I think it's... Um, I think it's very important that you brought it up as, as an issue. Um, I've worked in industry and for industry for a long time, and I think what is important too is that we do, we recognize the power that industry has in the decisions that get made, and we need to make sure that not only are we working together, but that we change the power dynamic and whether that is with investing or looking at other industries and recognizing that there are green alternatives but it's also making sure that we're not creating more divisions.
Uh, this next question is for Brent. Brent, you would be a newcomer to the Board of Governors, which means arriving with a knowledge of the institution is incredibly important. In your opinion, what has the Board done well this year, and what has it done poorly? I think the Board, f what I've gathered working with the Chair of the Board of Governors recently on the presidential appointment procedures, I think what's really nice to see there is there is a willingness to engage with students. They bring their professional backgrounds that are grounded in a different experience and that, based on how the University Act structures the board, necessarily makes their motivations different than ours. I think what the board's been good at is trying to move back towards seeming like they're in listening to students, although I think the way they do things, whether it's uh, tuition hikes, notice of international tuition hikes, there was never actually an official policy on graduate tuition caps, actually. Information like that isn't communicated the best, but I think as we're gonna see with new appointments coming on board, there's a really great opportunity there to engage with fresh, new energy. Uh, would anybody like to respond for 30 seconds? Uh, and finally, this question for Pierre Paul. Uh, Pierre Paul, you obviously have a knowledge of the institution, having uh, been on the UVSS Board of Directors and sat on the UVic Senate for the last year. But according to meeting minutes, you haven't attended a Senate meeting. Why is that, and would that change if you were appointed to the Board of Governors next year? Yeah, so basically with um, the specific Senate meetings, I've been to most of the Senate subcommittee, uh, subcommittee meetings, which is where all the actual nitty-gritty of the policy happens. But as far as actually attending the Senate meetings, it's always been booked at times where I have meetings with other people as far as uh, we've had a lot of hiring committees this year. We've had a lot of just other plain committees and other commitments that we've have had to make. Um, for the Board of Governors, I would assume that with a much smaller board, they would be much more in tune with making sure that the scheduling works with everybody's schedules, which would include me. So for the Senate, yes, I, I really do wish that I was able to come more often. However, I have come and shown up to the subcommittees and done the work that needs to be done at that level. In the end, the Senate itself is kind of a rubber stamp. When it actually gets down to it, you have to go and do work at the subcommittees. Thank you. Would anybody like to respond for 30 seconds? Great. Thank you very much. Uh, that's, oh, sure. Uh, this is just to say, if you are elected to both Director of Outreach and the Board of Governors, and your schedules conflict with each other for the two, which would you prioritize more over the other? Um, you have to really do that by case-by-case -case basis. I mean, if uh, the Board of Governors is voting on something like um, the new housing projects, that's definitely where I need to be. But if um, the Board of Governors meeting isn't as important as compared to, um, like, a lot of other issues that can come up in the UVSS, you, it, like, it's really going to be case-by-case. Case. But I will make the best decision for students. Thank you very much. Uh, that concludes our Board of Governors. Sure. I will uh, take this point to reiterate. At the end of today's meeting, for, uh, at about 4.30, we're going to ask that uh, everybody that's spoken up on stage today remains for about 10 to 15 minutes in case there are any additional questions. Uh, I also encourage everybody, of course, to check out platforms and get in touch with candidates if you have specific questions. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to change over to Senate, so I would like to ask if Brent, Jordan, Adrian, Cameron, and Jonathan could come up on stage, please. Sun, sun, burn down on me Atop this hill so I can see My skin boils red and scabs For Senate, uh, you guys will have two minutes to open uh, with statements. We'll then open it up for, uh, we're going to open four questions. Again, uh, you guys can take it in turns, pick whichever one you would like to answer.
and then uh, 30 seconds if you have a response, and again, 30 seconds to respond if there is a follow-up question from uh, us. So we'll start from uh, the far left this time. So yeah, get as close to the mic as possible. Thank you. All right, so um, as has already been done, I would like to thank uh, the moderators for doing their territory acknowledgement um, at the beginning of this. Um, I would also like to thank them for contributing their time as well today. Um, they've definitely, over the past, over today and as well as tomorrow, they are going to be contributing quite a bit, so I do appreciate that. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Adrian Graham. I am currently a second-year biopsychology student at UVic, um, and I am hoping to be your Senate representative for the Faculty of Science. Um, so as some of you may have seen already on my posters around campus, um, my three main focuses, should I be elected, are m the mental health of students, um, affordable student housing, as well as the divestment of UVic from fossil fuels. Um, so beginning with that, um, I know quite a few friends of mine um, have really struggled over the past couple of years with finding accessible mental health resources through UVic, as well as finding accessible, affordable housing um, in Victoria. Um, I don't think any student should ever have to feel alone for either of those. Um, I think both of those are huge, and I think definitely, you know, rental, the rental market can really compound on your mental health especially. Um, I think to change those, I think we really need to ensure that the university um, invests resources in the mental health of students. And I think we also really need to be taking full advantage of the recent promise of the BC government to put $450 million into student housing. Um, my third item, as I've already mentioned, is the divestment of fossil fuel, or the divestment from fossil fuels of the UVic Endowment Fund. Um, I think the UVSS um, and the undergraduate students have really have spoken on this issue that they're not happy about us being invested in fossil fuels. And I think at this point, um, we really need to get out of it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. So like my co-nominee had said, um, I'd also like to thank the moderators for their land, uh, for their territory uh, acknowledgement. All right, so for those of you who don't, haven't met me yet, my name is Jordan Gilson. I am currently a second year uh, poli-sci and philosophy student here at UVic. Uh, and I'm gonna be running to be your social science uh, student representative for the Senate. So um, for the last two years that I've been on campus, I've really had an ear for the heartbeat of the political community here at UVic. And I finally felt it time to fully become involved in trying to make uh, student life a lot uh, easier, a lot more comfortable, and a lot more affordable. So uh, my main focus is, should I be elected to Senate? Um, one of the first ones is to campaign for a cap on late, late assignment uh, penalties, as well as uh, ensuring a online uh, submission box for um, assignments to make sure that when students have such busy lives they don't they're not always able to attend class and it's really unfortunate that um, students who are involved in other th or have other things going on are, are unable to um, get credit for the work that they do it's a huge stress on uh, on someone's life I also would like to encourage the university to focus on the growth of um, on the growth of the numbers, sorry, the number of students who uh, go without housing in their second, third, and fourth years of their undergraduate degree. It's really, really hard in this city to find affordable housing. Um, and the fact that um, these students aren't um, necessarily able to look towards university for options uh, is frankly, in my opinion, uh, tragic. And uh, it definitely puts a huge stress on students. Uh, finally, I really just want to be able to open a dialogue um, between uh, senator or students who are elected to Senate and the student body and really encourage students to become more involved um, and to increase the reps that uh, actually present themselves for Senate. Thank you very much. I'll pass it over to you, Jacob. Hi, everybody, and thank you for being here today. And thank you for that territorial, territorial acknowledgement. My name is Jacob Dirksen from the Faculty of Social Sciences, and I'm an anthropology student who's running to be one of your student representatives on the UVic Senate. 
One of the biggest reasons I decided to put my name forward in this election was to get more involved personally and to do whatever I can to increase voter turnout by getting more people engaged in the governing of our university. Last year saw barely 15% of undergraduate students vote, which is disheartening and an unhealthy trend in our elections. I believe we really need more people to get involved, paying more attention, and not just during election time, but throughout the year. And that belief is why I'm here today. One way to get more people involved is to work together to bring changes that will make our university a better environment to learn and develop the skills we're here to build. Some policy ideas that I believe can achieve this and that I will push for as your senator are to ensure each semester has a week-long reading break and pushing for a designated 24-hour study space on campus. I'm sure some of the other awesome candidates and you the voters have some other great ideas that could be implemented to make our university a better place. And I also hope to work together with these students to help push for other initiatives as one of your senators. Thank you, and please get your friends and classmates to vote February 28th to March 2nd. Hello, everyone, again. I'm Brent. Uh, so dealing with the Senate, I think it's all good and it's all good to say you're going to address a lot of issues, but we have to remember the Senate fundamentally is the academic governance entity of the university, not the Board of Governors, which deals with all the ancillary issues. I think one thing I really valued about being on the Senate this year during the strategic planning process, building on our respectful acknowledgement of territory, was bringing up the fact the university has to recognize that when we indigenize, we're not doing it for ourselves, but instead we're inviting indigenous communities to welcome us into what they want to bring towards us. And so I was happy to see that included in the strategic plan, that it's on their terms of indigenization, not in what is um, good for our curriculum development. Moving in that direction, I, I see pedagogy and access as really the two big issues in academia at the moment. Digital and community-engaged learning do bring bigger costs to students, and that is actually done in the Senate because that's where curriculum is developed. So I like to bring up issues that those viewpoints need to be seen. It's all cool and good when you are um, a tenured faculty member to say that these methods of learning are beneficial, but if you can actually afford to fully participate, they're not. Specifically on the graduate student ends of thing, we're about to see a change in the university's graduate funding. Uh, the tuition or the scholarship policies are about to be changed and grandfathered over a three-year window, which could fundamentally alter the funding in the university to STEM-centric funding away from all the traditional funding uh, methods, and that's going to be a big issue for us to deal with. And the universities just proposed in the last week or brought to committees two new master's programs with $25,000 tuitions uh, with no adequate scholarship support for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So to quickly reiterate, we're going to now open the, we're just going to ask a question. Put your hand up if you'd like to answer it. Uh, we'll hopefully try and catch the person who puts their hand up first. Uh, then one person will have a chance to rebut for 30 seconds if they uh, so choose. So the first question, why do students not know about the UVic Senate and how will you address that lack of awareness? So I think one of the main reasons why students don't know about the Senate is just because the lack of um, kind of advertisement that the Senate is, um, that the Senate exists and what it does and what, how they can get involved. Um, so personally, I would really like to push for, um, to have Senate town hall meetings with students um, to get them more engaged in, in what's going on because it is really important that they're made aware of um, the Senate and what the Senate does and how uh, they can become more involved, like running to be uh, student reps in the Senate. Yep, 30 seconds. Um, I think sort of, I guess, less so rebutting and more so adding on to what Jordan was saying about town hall meetings. I think that's definitely a really fantastic idea. And I think also it's really important to ensure that we have ample advertising of those town hall meetings should we decide to put those in place. So, I mean, I think especially social media is incredibly untapped. And I think the vast majority of students are on it and would be able to find out about Senate through that. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a quick follow-up question too. Um, obviously, like meetings are kind of hard to get people to, as evidenced by a lot of you know just SAGMs, AGMs, regular just meetings around campus. People are very busy. Do you have a specific plan to address? You know, if people don't know about the Senate to begin with, the Senate Town Hall might not be the most appealing thing. How do you plan to address that uh, for Jordan? Oh, yeah. So I think. Um, the reason why we don't have people who come out to AGMs or, or SAGs or whatever, it's because people, the vast majority of the student population is just not aware, period. Um, and maybe town hall meetings is an ideal, and I still think that's something we should still push for because it currently don't exist. Um, and just having that platform would help a lot. Um, but you're, uh, I do appreciate the the follow-up, um, and, and there should definitely be perhaps more steps to get people to come out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next question for Senate candidates. Um, what do you think the Senate did well this year, and what did you think they did poorly? I think the Senate really engaged this year well in the strategic planning process, uh, especially when we met with the board, a uh, very active bringing feedback towards that. I think there was also good dialogue or good advocacy um, on my part regarding issues, challenging whether things are being done necessarily to benefit students, to benefit the institution. Um, so I think the Senate is good at allowing students to actually participate when they show up to participate. And so I think, as mentioned previously, that is the key. Thank you. Would anybody like to reply for 30 seconds? We have one more question for the Senate. Of the five Senate meetings held so far this academic year, three of them haven't seen a majority of student senators present. Is this an issue? And if so, how do you plan to address it? If someone, if someone has oh, okay. come up and would like to speak on this, I'll speak. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I think that's obviously a really big problem. And um, I think student voices need to be heard and as one of your senators I will I will try do my best to be to to get to every single one of those meetings um, and yeah it's kind of a shame that our senators this year or our past year have been missing uh, so many meetings because uh, our voices do need to be heard would anybody like to respond for 30 seconds I think building upon that I have been the graduate voice there. I've been to every meeting and every subcommittee meeting this year and I think what's great about my experience is having been able to advocate on behalf of the undergraduates as well. So I think graduate students fall in this weird bind where they think they, because they work for the university, that the university knows them in all facets already and it's just to bring that up again that all advocacy options need to be explored to really get our viewpoints out there. Uh, and one last question for you, Adrian, if that's okay. Um, textbook costs are obviously a huge concern for undergraduate and graduate students as well. Uh, if you were elected to Senate, was there anything particular that you'd be kind of interested in doing in order to make textbooks more affordable? Um, I, that wasn't one of my original platform points, but I think, uh, you know, given that I am very concerned about uh, affordable housing, um, I think affordable textbooks definitely do play into that. Um, I think... Um, they're definitely, as far as Senate goes, um, I think there needs to be uh, a more control, price control on the textbooks at uh, the, um, the bookstore, um, as well as I think that definitely used textbooks are really an untapped resource, and I think a lot of people opt for new when uh, I think we really could much more be moving towards used textbooks. Um, as well as ensuring that classes um, aren't changing the textbook every single year using updated versions, as well if there is an online um, option that that is available. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, would anybody like to answer for 30 seconds? Yeah. Great. Thank you all very much. Uh, we'd like to ask the remaining student senators who haven't spoken to, uh, to come up on stage. Thank you, everybody.
get a lot song, this is a thug song, lost in the sauce now, bosses above town, she gave it a crown, puffed up and puffed down on everything till all of the drugs gone, I'm by the way on, got to move on, go to the jam and dance to my damn song, go to the spots and not in my own wrongs, this girl is long gone, deeper she be long. Um, so we're just to reiterate again, uh, two minute opening statements, one minute answer to questions and 30 seconds for rebuttal. Uh, we'll go back to the right. Nathan, if you'd like to start. Thank you. As a settler on this land, I would like to take the time to acknowledge with respect the Lekwungen speaking peoples whose traditional territory the university stands and the Songhees, Esquimalt and Wasonic peoples whose historic relationships with the land continue to this day. My name is Nathan Daisley and I'm running for your Senate position. Uh, I'm a fourth year political science major, and since coming to UVic, I've had the ability to jump head first into politics. Uh, I, yeah, these school elections are now the fourth political campaigns that I've been a part of. Uh, I worked on my first one in 2015. In 2017, for the provincial election, I was Andrew Weaver's office manager. Uh, last semester, I ran for town council in View Royal, and I actually placed second out of the six candidates who were running. Uh, Nick Noble down there was my communications man. Thank you again for that. Um, but yeah, I have had lots of political experience. I love politics. It's what I study. It's what I breathe. Uh, on campus, I'm currently serving my third term as the UVic Greens co-chair. Uh, during my time uh, in that tenure, I've focused very much on uh, bringing all the political clubs on campus together. We've been having lots of events between everyone. Uh, we now have debates going on regularly between all the clubs. Uh, we, raised, uh, we did a Raise the Bar event at Felicitas between all of us as well. That was a great success. Um, if elected to the UVic Senate, my three priorities are as follows. To, engage, uh, to encourage UVic to invest in more open source textbooks, trying to reduce our costs in that avenue. I want to hold the university to, uh, to account for a fossil fuel divestment, especially the fact that 39 million disgusting dollars in that. And I'd like to lobby against the excessively high co-op fees as well. Work experience is a huge thing for all students. It makes us far more employable. And uh, yeah, the excessive fees make it that much harder for everyone to get the work experience they need while at university. Um, yeah, sort of, I guess, from my three points, you can derive the fact that I'm very concerned with the financial responsibility of our university and making sure that what money we take away from students is used appropriately. Uh, so if you vote for me for Senate, uh, my big priority is making sure that, uh, yeah, that UVic is financially responsible. So please, on February 28th, March 1st, or March, or, yeah, March 2nd, vote Daisley for a financially responsible UVic. Thank you. Hello again. Um, I want to I want to be clear, and this isn't anything against the other candidates. I think everybody's done a really great job. But when I thank you for the territory acknowledgement you, that you made, I'm recognizing that it was not a tokenistic acknowledgement that you mentioned some serious issues. And I think what's really important to discuss when we're coming to the Senate is to really critically examine what indigenizing the academy means and whether that means that it's going to be increasing safety for student by recognizing the breadth of indigenous scholarship that is there, that we need to increase the number of indigenous faculty that we have at the university, and that decolonization is something that's really rooted in power structures in the university, and it's more than expecting the university to take these steps. This is something that we all need to do with ourselves and really reflect on what it means to be living on unceded territory. Aside from that, something else that's important that I think we need to bring to these conversations is more of an asset-based approach to some of the positive things that the university has and not always be looking at it from a deficit-based approach from what's lacking. The university is incredible in what it has to offer, but there are some things that are needed. There needs to be more representation and there needs to be stronger student voices. When we're talking about the student representatives that maybe haven't been present at some of the student meetings, we are being elected to represent the students and that comes with it, an accountability and a responsibility that we really need to honor. And so that means that I have to show up and I have to make time and so I'll do that. Um, Lastly, I think as far as perspective, what I bring to the Senate, I have a multidisciplinary background in sciences, in social sciences, critical studies, and in geography, in all different areas. We all have very different needs, and we're all very different people. We need to bring all this together. That's me. Thanks. Thank you very much. Isabel? Hi, 
everyone. My name's Isabella. Not sure if this bank is aware. You can come a little closer, I think, if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah? That's good? That's good. Perfect. Fantastic. So yeah, hi, I'm Isabella and I'm running for Senate. I'm just so excited that people showed up today. Good on you. That's amazing. It's like kind of in the middle of the day, so it's nice to see so many folks out here and that there's so many cannons on the stage. It's great to be having uh, more student engagement. That's something that we're all taking part in, which is amazing. So yeah, I have some experience uh, with government as other candidates like Nathan Daisley does as well. I'm sitting currently on the board, uh, the UBS board as a student representative representing the Women's Center. Uh, as well, I have been a co-chair of the, a club here and a vice president of a course union. So I've been uh, quite involved with the UBSS uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to trying to represent uh, students on the Senate. On Senate, I'd like to make life more affordable. I want to make uh, life greener and just simpler for students, which means lower co-op fees. It's just crazy the amounts that people are paying for it, especially just for getting experience. I want to make sure there's more composting and recycling all around school. Whenever there's a garbage can, we should definitely be having recycling options as well, especially if we pride ourselves on being a greener university. In addition to that, we should also be divesting from fossil fuels because, as everyone I think on the stage has also said, it's just ridiculous that we still are. Uh, lastly, the online assignment uh, submission would be super convenient for a lot of students and take a lot, away, a lot of anxiety and pressure away from people, which is definitely needed because there's so many people with mental health issues on campus as well that needs to be addressed through the mental health center uh, that there shouldn't be more stress to do with school. Uh, I'm just your candidate because I want to make things uh, greener, simpler, and cheaper for you Vic students. So yeah, hope you come out and vote. Doesn't really matter who for, but at least yeah, have your voice represented. Off to you, Curtis. Yeah, you're good to Sorry. Uh, sweet. Okay, uh, so first off, I'd like to thank the moderators for the territory acknowledgement. Uh, my name's Curtis Whitlaw. I'm a fourth year economics student here at UVic, and I'm running to be your guys' uh, student representative on the University Senate. Uh, my goal, if elected, would be to make the Senate as uh, student focused as possible. So uh, part of that would be looking at instituting a late assignment policy. Uh, just like some of the other candidates had said, that uh, covers all departments, all degrees, all faculties. So you know that if you submit something a day late, it's going to be 5% or 10% or whatever, and it's not just at the discretion of your professor, so you don't have like huge ranges and how, many, how much marks you'd lose. Uh, also as well tied in with that, uh, we want to give you guys uh, the ability to submit assignments at any time online, and then also be able to produce a hard copy that if it matches that online submission, then it, the time is based on when the online submission was uh, handed in. As well, uh, I want the university to focus on mental health resources and counselors, so making sure that we have uh, adequate counseling services here at the university, because uh, I think that most people can attest that they're, they're a little subpar right now. We need some more counselors available. Uh, there's the Health and Wellness Center that's going to be built within the next five years or so. We want to make sure that that's built for future student populations and not built for how many students we have right now. Uh, as well, I want to make university a little bit cheaper. I think a big, uh, somewhat easier way to do this is with uh, open uh, educational resources. Like in economics for first year, you can use open source textbooks, that sort of thing. And yeah, that's it for me. So remember to uh, vote on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Thank you. So we're going to start with question one again for the other Senate candidates. Why do students not know about the UVic Senate, and how will you address that lack of awareness? Whoever wants to speak to it? It's the hard one. Uh, so I think that um, one of the big things is that making sure that when we are advertising the Senate and things like that is that we're actually going to where the students are. So we're not just advertising on the side of the road somewhere if we're putting up signs, like we're actually going to places where they're active. And if that means we need to get, um, I don't know, like a Senate Facebook page and we get those pages involved with places that the students already are in social media, that's how you're going to reach them is if you go to where they already communicate uh, and where they already are. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Just to add on to that, I think it's really important that the UVIC Senate website is a little bit more accessible. I know even trying to find my platform on the website was quite difficult to do, and I'm running and know where it is. So just making that a lot more open and easier to use will definitely encourage people to be actually looking at things. And of course, going to where the students are, like Curtis said, let's be posting on like the UVIC 20 page. Let's post on the meme page about the Senate. Let's create some Senate memes. Let's get some action going. Uh, other people, when they don't know, they can't care about these things. And these are such more important. These are such important issues that we have that we really need to be getting to the students to make uh, them know what's going on. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. No problem, Cormac. I think there's only time for one rebuttal. I'm sorry. Um, we'll open up to the next question now too. Um, what did the Senate do well this year, and what did it do that you would disagree with? Open that up to three guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, strategic planning, like I think a lot of other candidates already said, they did super well this year. Uh, what things that they need to do better is just that student engagement, making sure people know that there's elections, making sure that, like I think every student on campus cares about housing, cares about affordability, making sure that they have a chance and avenue to really express themselves and for us, the senators, to know what those issues are and be able to uh, help advocate for them on campus. Cool. Would anybody like to respond for 30 seconds? No? No takers? Cool. Okay. All right, and again, of the five Senate meetings held so far this academic year, three of them haven't seen a majority of student senators present. Is this an issue? And if so, how do you plan to address it? So I know I mentioned this in my earlier address. Being an elected representative means that you're accountable to the other students who are the student body and the people who are electing you. So it's a huge deal if people aren't showing up because you're accountable to the other students, but you also have a responsibility to be there. And so if you're going to be running, you better make sure that you can make time for those commitments and that they are commitments and that it isn't just for your resume. It isn't just to like make yourself look good and stuff like that, that there is, that there are some responsibilities that come with that. I think it's a big, I think it's a big issue. Would anybody like to respond to that, 30 seconds? I think we do need to understand that students are busy and there's definitely a lot of that. Uh, we have to feel empathy, empathy that a lot of these students ran and just weren't able to make it. But I do agree that if you are elected, you do need to be making this a priority and making this a commitment. So I think all of us on stage kind of realize that now and we'll definitely make that commitment. And I know I personally will. I don't want to speak for everyone. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, for Nathan, for you, um, Again, textbooks are a lot of is textbooks are a lot of money, and that's a big problem for a lot of undergraduate and graduate students. If elected to the student senate, how would you address this? Yeah, just like I mentioned to everyone just beforehand, uh, open source textbooks. I think it's a huge thing. We need to do what we can to invest in that. I mean, really, I mean, like, it, it, textbook costs are ridiculous. Like it's just like when I first started going to university, I was like, okay, like I, I allotted the amount of money to pay for my tuition, and then holy crap, like you have to pay so much more. And like as science students especially get screwed over. And the fact that we sell or use textbooks to uh, the University of Alberta because they don't make you use like my math labs and crap, like it's stupid. It's stupid. So I'm absolutely going to be advocating for more open source textbooks, and we're really just trying to uh, save everyone money where we can because the university just does everything it can to, to steal from us. So working on that for you guys. Would anybody like to respond to that for 30 seconds? Andrea? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh no, oh, all you. I just think that's great. Yeah. I, I think to add to that, and textbooks is like not only the thing that we need to talk about, but I think people need to understand that you can disrupt the system, that like maybe that's why people don't know so much about some of the things that are going on in the Senate, because you don't necessarily, it's not advertised that the students have a voice and that you can disrupt this. And so that you actually can advocate for these things, you can shift these power structures and that the student body or the student representatives, they are there to make these things heard. Thank you very much. I have a follow-up to Nathan, if you don't mind. Uh, do you see that change coming more from advocating to faculty or advocating to administration above faculty? Well, I think we should do everything that we can. So advocating for both. I mean, the more support that we have for any issue, the, like, the easier it is to pass that. So, I mean, looking for faculty, the, the university, uh, you know, the Martlet, whatever we can do to uh, get as much advocacy as possible is the, yeah, really the best way, most surefire way to ask. have it done. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, that concludes questions for our Senate candidates. Thank you all very much. Uh, we'd like to invite the referendum proponents up on stage, if that's possible. Thank you. Sun, 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 burn down on me. A
up this hill so I can see My skin boils red and scabs and stings But I must be a witness to everything Here. I've been speaking too loudly. Um, so just to reiterate structure for the referenda uh, proponents, uh, we're going to incorporate in audience questions into this a little bit as well, if anybody has audience questions. But we're going to give each of you three minutes to make an opening statement for each of the questions you're proponing. I don't think that's a vote, but there you go. Um, then we have some questions for you. Have a minute and 30 seconds to respond. And then uh, 30 seconds if we ask a follow-up question. Do you have a Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, we're going to start with the food bank referendum. So, Alexandra, if you'd like to get us going. Hi, um, I'm Alexandra. I'm the proponent for the food bank referendum. Um, I would like to also acknowledge that we are on unceded Lekwungen and Coast Salish territory, and I'd also like to thank the Native Students Union for endorsing this campaign and for continuously offering their support to us. We are so grateful to that partnership. Um, Currently, the food bank is feeding approximately 500 people each and every single week, which is up 45% from last year alone. The reality is that right now, the cost of living is not getting any cheaper. Students cannot afford to go to school here anymore. And we are trying our very best to counter that and to at least offer one possible way to help lower their cost of living. However, we are not able to keep up with the rising demand and things aren't getting any cheaper. What we are asking for from each student to vote in this referendum is 75 cents, meaning that for literally less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can ensure that hungry students have access to the resources that they need to continue with their education. On February 28th, please vote yes for the food bank referendum because you shouldn't have to starve in order to go to post-secondary. Great, so my first question, how will the allocation of this fund increase change in the current system of services and resources available to students? Yeah, with this funding, we'll be able to purchase another fridge, which will enable us to continue our partnership with the Mustard Seed Street Church. Uh, currently, they provide about 10 crates of produce twice a week, and by having that third fridge on hand, we would definitely be able to get much more produce on hand and ensure that students have access to fresh fruits and vegetables in particular. Thank you. Uh, second question here. Um, <clears throat> how much did last year's referendum cost the food bank, and how much money has been allocated for this year's? I think last year cost $30 or so from the ZAP fee. We don't really like to spend our money. We're kind of busy feeding people. Um, this year, I have spent an additional $6 on posters so far, and otherwise, all of our materials are actually reused and from on-site on the free store. Cool. Thank you. So what position would the food bank be in if this referendum were to fail? A lot of people would be going hungry, quite frankly. Um, we're not in a position to fail this time around with the 45% increase, that's just from last year when the other referendum didn't pass. And honestly, we can only see it going up because right now the average rent price is around $1,000 per month and students need the resource and the services that we provide. And to, uh, and to follow up on that, do you mind just speaking a little bit to what the Food Bank has done differently this year in terms of preparing for the referendum? Yeah, so this year we have actually done a little bit more of partnering with ESL students in particular. We are going to be offering all of our campaign materials in, I believe, seven different languages. That's going to be launched online tonight. Um, we have also been doing a lot more work on social media promotion and just actively using our volunteer base as much as possible. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, we have time allotted for audience questions. If anybody has any audience questions, we have two microphones up at the front. Uh, are there any questions from the audience? You can also probably just shout them out. I think that would work just as well. No? 
if not, we can move on to the second referendum. Again, uh, I'll reiterate that we'd like uh, everybody who spoke here today to stay until at least about 4.40, 4.45. So if you have any follow-up questions, you are more than welcome to ask them then. Um, but seeing none, we'll move on to the second uh, and third referendum questions. So Mackenzie, if you'd like to speak. Hi, everyone. I'm Mackenzie Cumberland, the current Director of Finance and Operations for the Student Society and the official proponent for both of the health and dental plan referenda. So what is one of the most important services that the UVSS offers its members? One that is used by about two-thirds of undergraduate students and has a vital impact on their lives. The health and dental plan. This year, approximately 12,000 undergraduate students are enrolled in the health and dental plan. The plan is depended on by folks who need access to important prescription drugs and those who just want to get their teeth cleaned every once in a while. But this year, the plan failed them. This year, drastic cuts were made to benefits and students found themselves without access to the coverage that they need, all because we have not made changes to our fee structure since 2003. Last year, member usage of the plan increased by 24%, which prompted our insurers to make a commensurate increase to our premiums. We need your permission to make any changes to fees. So instead, benefits were cut and the UBSS covered a portion of every student's plan using the health plan reserve fund. However, money in the reserve fund is running out. And if we do not pass this referendum, uh, more drastic cuts will have to be made. That is why we need your support to save your plan. If one, thing, if one good thing does come from the breakdown of the plan this year, it is its rebirth that we can learn from it and create a structure that meets the needs of our members. Since the beginning of my board term in May, I have been assembling data to create a health plan that meets your needs. I have heard from folks who want access to a greater level of coverage and those who really cannot afford for their fees to go up. That is why the UVSS has proposed both a basic and an enhanced fee structure where students have the ability to pick and choose the coverage that they need based on their own priorities. This has already been made available at other student unions across the country, including McGill. And according to our most recent survey data, 84% of UVic students support the creation of a more flexible fee structure where students have more choice in their plan. To address the concerns that have been brought up by members, the enhanced plan will reinstitute most benefits back to their original levels. The only exception to this is that we will remain on the BC Fair Pharmacare formulary because returning to the old formulary is impossible at this time. As well, the basic plan will only increase fees by $2 per student. One thing to note is that these benefit packages are based on preliminary estimates and we might be able to add benefits before September. Your benefits will not decrease, however, because the UVSS is committed to ensuring that our promises are kept. We also need to make sure that this never happens again. Health and dental premiums are not stagnant. They fluctuate on an annual basis, depending on how much we cost the insurer on any given year. This means that the fees that students pay into the plan do not necessarily reflect what the UVSS is paying the insurer. The second health and dental referendum question will give the Board of Directors the ability to adjust health plan fees up or down by up to 5% annually. This way, we will not be locked into charging students a certain price and can make sure that their fees more accurately reflect the cost of the plan. As well, the Board will not have to decrease coverage to keep up with rising premiums. We understand that when students vote this week, they are voting for a level of coverage as much as they are voting for a new fee structure. We want to make sure that we can continue to offer students that level of coverage. 12,000 undergraduates depend on this plan to ensure that they have access to health and dental services that they need. Vote yes this week to save the plan for those students who need it. Thank you. So my first question is about the tiered plans. Do you think people will be happy with a basic plan that offers less coverage for the same amount of money that they're paying currently? So what has been seen in other student societies that have instituted the more flexible plan structure is that most people, when they go to change their coverage, will actually choose to remain in the enhanced plan because they look at all the benefits that they're giving up and they can't click that button. 
However, the important fact is that we're giving students the choice to not have to pay for coverage that they do not feel that they need. So if they want to opt into the basic plan, they have the freedom to do so. Um, what feedback have you received from students since you finalized the details of what basic and enhanced plans would look like? There's been some confusion um, on the psychology uh, benefits. Some folks were concerned that they thought we were reducing it, which is not the case. We will keep the psychology at the exact same place it is now for both the basic and the enhanced plan because that is a priority for the UVSS is that uh, folks have access to these supports when they need it. Um, but other than that, I have seen a lot of positive feedback, uh, especially for an increase in the drug exception, because we know that prescription drugs has been an issue this year. So having access to that through a greater exception uh, for folks who need it is something that has received positive feedback. Thank you. So of what you mentioned, what other universities have instituted this tiered plan system? And has there been research into how those universities are handling the plans? Uh, yeah, so like I said, McGill has instituted it. I believe, um, I forget what the other one is <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, but like I said, in um, the to your question about will students be happy with the basic plan, uh, the research shows that when universities have these plans, uh, most folks remain in the enhanced plan, and so that becomes their, like, dominant plan for all the students who are on it. I think it is SFU. It is yeah. SFU. That yeah. is correct. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, we'll ask some questions too about the percent increase, 5%. Yeah, sure. Um, last year there was a referendum that went to the table about tying student society fees to inflation. Uh, at the time you said you weren't necessarily happy with asking students to pay for financial decisions that affect future students, not currently. Yeah. What's changed in the year since uh, having said that? Well, it's a different question. Um, so basically, it's at the liberty of the board to decide uh, whether or not they're going to increase fees by 5%, decrease fees by 5%, or stay the same. So um, it's not the students of today making decisions for the students of tomorrow. It's the students of tomorrow making decisions for the students of tomorrow. Thank you. Sorry. And what happens if the spike is so severe that a 5% raise can't cover the new cost? We do not foresee that happening. It was an exceptional year in that we had such a drastic increase, and that was uh, due to some issues that we had with some, some of the benefits that we are able to play with still. Um, so it was an exceptional year, and we don't foresee that happening. Just a quick follow-up. If it does turn out that it isn't such an exceptional year, would the board potentially look at increasing the number of percent it could increase by to 6 or 7%? Um, Hopefully, the 5% will give us the liberty of having a healthy reserve fund. Mm -hmm. um, so right now, we have the issue that we used our reserve fund this year to cover premiums. And that is why the reserve fund is there. It's for an exceptional um, occurrence like what happened this year. Um, so hopefully, that won't happen right away. And we will have a healthy reserve fund, so we will be able to get the plan back to a healthy spot. Thank you. Um, and finally, just not. Not a very nice question to leave students with, but what will happen if, uh, if the referenda fail? More drastic cuts to coverage. Uh, the plan will not look the same. The plan will not look very nice, frankly, and students will not have very much health coverage through the UBSS. Okay. Thank you. Um, open it up to any audience questions if anybody has any questions about the health care plan, and there are two referenda questions that are going to... Uh, being voted on in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? No, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What day is it? Um, cool. Okay, seeing none. Again, thank you, Mackenzie. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody who spoke today. Um, we've reached the end of, of what we were going to talk about today, so I encourage, again, uh, everybody that's spoken on stage today, please stick around just to see if there are any personal questions, individual questions that people want to ask you. If not, again, thank you all so much for attending. Uh, we'll be here again tomorrow at 2.30 to talk to lead directors and directors at large for the UVSS. We hope to see you all there. Thank you very much.